Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick? And apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what we're doing today? Well, today is Saturday, which usually means we're doing... Q&A Saturday. That's right. And so what are we Q&A-ing today? Well, we had a few questions from chapters 30 through 34 of Isaiah. Yeah, we did. One of which involved birds. The fucking birds, man. But we're not getting to that till the end. <sighs> I gotta wait the till the la- fucking... I'm yeah. like, that's the one thing I'm like, what is up? With the goddamn birds. Well, we'll get there. There, what's that? I, I wish I had it queued up. The the birds and the bourgeoisie or whatever. Like, uh, there's I don't know. There's some clip about birds and the bourgeoisie or I, fuck, who knows? Don't it's trust funny. The birds I, and yeah, the bourgeoisie. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't even know what the fuck that's from or what it means, but I heard it once. It. Yeah, our kid said it once, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> I'll try to find a clip. And we suck at putting these things in our notes, but I'm going to do better today. And also, if you're ever looking for a clip that we forgot to put in the notes, please, by all means, call us out on it and let us know. Yeah, we suck sometimes. Um, That's going to be one one of my New Year's resolutions. Do better with clips. Mm, Okay, show notes. Show notes, yeah. Yeah, good on you. So, all right. That being said, are you ready to get into this? I sure as fuck am. Let's answer some fucking questions. Okie dokie. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. 
Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, so here is our Q&A over chapters 30 through 34 of Isaiah. Okay. First, I want to do a reminder that... The book of Isaiah is divided into two main parts. First Isaiah is chapters 1 through 39. Right. So we're still in first Isaiah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Second is that chapters 28 through 35, which these all fall into, are generally grouped together as a collection of poems on Israel and Judah. Okay. Okay. Yep. But of those, chapters 30 through 32 specifically deal with Egypt and Assyrians while placing the Messianic kingdom alongside the downfall of Assyria. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. So all of that before we now hop into our chapters. Got it. Okay? Yep. So chapter 30 was about trust in the Lord, not in Egypt. And this chapter was a series of oracles dealing with the Egyptian alliance and its consequences. Okay. And the present state versus the future prospects of Israel. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Present being contemporary present back then. Yes. Right. Not I, present I'm, today. Present. I understand. Yeah. Okay. And of course, the destruction of the Assyrians. Okay. Okay. Yep. So um, there was a rebuke to those in Judah who looked to Egypt for deliverance. And then God exposed the sin of those who put their trust in Egypt. Okay? Right. So there was a prophecy that was given at a time when the Assyrian army was attacking Israel and Judah. So Israel and um, Judah are being attacked by the Assyrian army. And then Isaiah is talking about this prophecy. Yeah. Okay. The northern kingdom of Israel would soon be conquered by Assyria and the people of Israel would be taken into exile. And okay. so there's people running to Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. Is that essentially as what's this happening? Is, as this is happening. Right. And God's yeah. like, fuck you for doing that. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. The Assyrians would then come against the southern kingdom of Judah. And because of this, the threat, the leaders of Judah looked to Egypt for protection against the Assyrian invasion. Oh, so it was literally an alliance. Like Mm -hmm. they were trying to form an alliance. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that was all like confusing while we were reading it. But there was a reason that he was saying all these things. These things were unfolding at the time he was saying them. Oh, Okay, you know so this I mean? wasn't even a prophecy. This was him just kind of telling the news as it is. Well, kind of. He's saying, um, you guys are going there for an alliance, and that's a bad idea. Got it. Like, he wasn't saying, hey, eventually there's going to be a fight, and if you guys go over there, that's going to be bad. He's saying, you guys are doing this right fucking now. There's war. Don't do this. Don't 
turn to them. Be demolished by your enemies and just turn to God. It's going to be fine. Mm. And so the fact that, like, the um, Babylonian capture and all that. Yeah. The exile happened. Right. The fact that that happened, Isaiah is saying, I told you. Mm. You know okay. what I mean? Like, right. like Isaiah is saying that all of that shit is going to happen. And then it you. happened. Okay. So now Christians can look back and be like, Isaiah warned them. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm trying to put it in context of these things were happening. Isaiah was trying to give a warning about the consequences. And now we can look back and see there were consequences. Now, were those consequences of God? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that the people were being captured and just the know, way things went. Yeah. Right. Sometimes, and, and moreover, like I, I've questioned when this was written too, because like parts did of he, it is came it later, really, right? Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't think that he actually, I, a, I don't believe in prophecy. B, you know, the prophecy that he's giving, if he gave it beforehand, is something that probably is in the works anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like he's able to see that it's this is the way the right, the, this is the, the way the blowing, cards you know? are gonna play. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's not. I, I don't think he's doing anything super wonderful great you know he's just like a a podcaster that's doing the news like reading polls and being like this is probably the way it's gonna go right right you're not a a prophet yeah (laughs) you're just merely putting your best guess based on what you know based on history right right yeah so isaiah then condemns um king hezekiah of judah he condemns his reliance on negotiations with egypt for support against the Assyrians. Got it. Okay. okay. So um, the next bit of that chapter is about the burden against Judah for their trust in Egypt. Okay. okay? Yep. And Isaiah proclaimed a burden against the pack animals of Judah. Remember there was <laughs> yes. that whole thing? Yeah. Um, they would be the ones carrying the riches of Judah down to Egypt through the wilderness in a foolish attempt to purchase protection against the Assyrians. Right. So he's like, mm, that's those poor animals carrying all that gold that sucks for them yeah right um then there was that whole the the lord wanted judah's rejection like documented right where they wrote it down on the scroll or whatever mm -hmm. he wanted judah's rejection of his message and his messengers to be documented right judah wanted to hear from the prophets and god's messengers but they did not want to hear the truth from them so like this was that part where um, they were like, stop talking your prophecies, your prophets. Yeah. Yeah. But tell then, us what we want to hear type thing. Yes. Yeah. But then there was also the fact that a lot of the prophets were drunk, as you pointed out. So, yeah. Like, that's, I mean, like, how are you supposed to trust in people who are not trustworthy? And, yeah. And how are you supposed to single out the one person that hypothetically might be telling the truth? Right. Yeah. Or might know what he's talking about. Sure. In this hypothetical situation. Yes. How, how are you supposed to single that one person out? Mm-hmm. That is theoretically mm-hmm. giving you the good information. Right. Exactly. You know? So another way of phrasing this too is that they wanted religion because they did like talk about God and stuff all the time and they had idols and stuff. So they clearly wanted religion. Right. But they didn't want to actually follow God's laws as they pertain to their day to day life. They no, just... I, th- I think, I mean, a lot of the gods that they worship back then. Um, from my understanding of what we've read in the Bible, ju- just in here, mm-hmm. is that they would worship to like gods of crops or gods of thing- they were short that- term, yeah, not long term. Like, help me with this one thing, right? 
and uh, I'll get, you know, some help. Okay, so the judgment came upon Judah for their trust in Egypt and for their rejection of his message. And then God promised that because Judah trusted in Egypt instead of him, everything would be broken and collapsed. Right. Remember but I mean, that? everything's always broken and collapsed. I know. Like, this is nothing worst. new. Everything's always like, oh my God, they're at war. Are yeah, they? Right. Are they? <laughs> I never saw that. I'm shocked. Coming. I'm shocked. Right. And then Judah was brought low because of their self-reliance and their rejection of God's message. Okay. It's funny that you call what you call self-reliance. I call um, asking for help. Right. From their neighbors. Yeah. So um, then comes uh, the blessing of restoration. Remember, that was like so weird. He's like, you guys suck, but I'm still going to let a few of you <laughs> right. live or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, God promises to bless his people with the desire for purity. The people of Judah kept household idols that they used to worship or um, honor other gods. Still. Yeah, still. Still and always. And God promised a day when they will defile those images and throw them away as, quote, unclean things. I would have loved to have seen, seen that day if it actually mm -hmm. happened. You know, like just a bunch of people just like, tu, tu, uh, get, uh, get these things out of here. Right? Fucking goddamn idols. Well, I wanted to go back over unclean things. Yeah. Because the literal Hebrew for unclean thing is menstrual cloth. <laughs> and do you remember us talking about that? Yes, the I translation do. that we read used that term. It did. But it doesn't in not every interpretation uses that term. Right, right. Okay. The people of God would come to hate their idols so much is what is supposed to be believed. Yeah. That they would throw them away as readily as they would throw away a used menstrual cloth. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, the King James Version and the New International Version both translate these words as menstrual cloth, but the New King James Version uses the euphemistic unclean thing, Oh, which I found okay. interesting. Yeah. So we are not reading the King James Version. No. But it does use menstrual cloth as well does the King James Version. Got it. Okay. Right? Yeah. That's weird. Right. But the new King James Version does not. Right. Hmm. I don't know what to think about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't know either. There's there's a, a shit ton of translations out there, and they all translate it differently. Yes, so. and we will get into that um, when we come to answer your birds. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to plant that seed for you and keep you interested to the end. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then the Lord places a judgment on Assyria and um, talks about how... Um, he promises his people will have gladness in the day of judgment. Okay. And that's where we talk, talk about Tophet a little bit. Yeah. You remember Tophet? Yes. Okay. It was a place in the Valley of Hinnom, just outside of Jerusalem's walls. And the Valley of Hinnom served as Jerusalem's garbage dump. And the combination of disgusting rubbish and smoldering fires made it a picture of hell. Right. The Hebrew word for hell, Gehenna, comes from the word for the valley of Hinnom. Therefore, God says he has a special place in hell for the Assyrian king. Right. That's what he meant yeah. when he said that. I mean, according to people who translate this to sure. then later fit what hell was in the Old Testament. Sure. Right. Now, Tophet is a location in Jerusalem in the valley of Hinnom where worshippers engaged in a ritual involving 
passing a child through the fire. Whoa. Which was equivalent, of course, to child sacrifice. Oh, so it didn't exactly pass through it, passed on to. Passed in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. They were like. That's uh, terrible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Traditionally, the sacrifices have been ascribed to a god named Moloch. Oh. You we, know. We've, we've you talked know about Moloch, Moloch before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Bible condemns and forbids these sacrifices, and the Tophet is eventually destroyed by King Josiah. Remember all that? Uh, no, I don't remember that bit. King Josiah got rid of all of the child sacrificing. Oh, he was but like, I mean, he, but he didn't, stop that. did he destroy the, the pit of fire? Or I, I don't know. He just got rid of the child sacrifice stuff. I think he got rid of the child sacrifice stuff and like condemned child sacrifices. Got it. Is this the same way that um, idols were gotten rid of? Or No, I think he did a pretty good job. If I recall us reading okay. that stuff, the idols might have remained, but the child sacrifice went right out. Got but it. the trash heap surrounding... Um, Jerusalem still smelled of a lot of that. Right. You know, it would have, like, the Valley of Hinnom still would have smelled of burnt flesh. Right. And so would still be the image of hell. Sure, sure. So although mentions by the prophets Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and uh, Isaiah suggest that the practices associated with the Tophet may have persisted. Oh. So. Okay. There's that, too. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) But I, I don't know. We are going to read Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the next several books okay. that we're going to be reading. So we'll see what they have to say about it. Sure. But most scholars agree that the ritual performed at the Tophet was definitely child sacrifice. And they connect it to similar episodes throughout the Bible and recorded in Phoenicia, whose inhabitants were referred to as Canaanites in the Bible. And Carthage by Hellenistic sources. Okay. So these things definitely happen. People were definitely doing child sacrifice. Yeah, that's horrible. Now there is disagreement about whether the sacrifices were offered to a god named Moloch. Uh Um, That's what a lot of people think. Right. Um, But that may have just been like a catch-all phrase. Sure. Um, Based on Phoenician and Carthaginian inscriptions, a growing number of scholars believe that the word Moloch refers to the type of sacrifice rather than a deity. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. That is interesting. Kind of like when you talk about capital G God versus lowercase God. Right. Or um, Baal versus Baal. Right. You know? Yeah. There's, there's these, um, the Lord versus the word master versus the word God. Yeah. You know, um, what exactly are we talking about here? Um, kind of depends on the context and dialect even sure i mean we when we talked about moloch in the in the bible it sounded like they were talking about a god it did but but, that could have been a poor translation right you know we we just don't know sure um there is currently a dispute as to whether these sacrifices were dedicated to yahweh rather than a foreign deity oh yeah damn so well that that could go back to i I know mm -hmm. we did some reading about different sects of um, Judaism and stuff yes, too. Early, so. early Judaism, where they felt like they were honoring, right, Judah or uh, Yahweh, Yahweh, right. Um, even though the others were like, "No, you're doing it wrong." Yeah, yeah. So it could have just been misinterpreted. It could have been different interpretations of yes. the the Judean God. Yes. So yes, um, it could even have been people who were like paying homage to their ancestors by following these rules, right? The, these practices saying like, 
you know, well, of course we do it this way. Why wouldn't we? It's always been done this way. My grandmother told me stories of when she was a child and threw the youngest on the fire. Right. Some shit like that, you know? Yeah. Um, Archaeologists, let me try that again. Archaeologists have applied the term tofet to large cemeteries of children found at Carthaginian sites Hmm. that have traditionally been believed to house the victims of child sacrifice as described by Hellenistic and biblical sources. So there are entire graveyards of children. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. This interpretation, however, is controversial. I could see why it would be. Right. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to admit that that's part of your own God's past. Yes. Like your own mythology. Right. You wouldn't want to make that part of it. Right. Yeah. We have no... Deny, deny, deny. We have no problem throwing Egyptian gods and beliefs and practices under the bus right. even though you know egypt is still a place that exists today yeah but boy when it comes to christianity we're like no that never happened or oh that was different times or whatever but egyptian gods for the most part have died off like they're not right i'm just you know. saying like as far as like the things that they did and practice back then like we totally make fun of Yeah, yeah. But not with Christianity. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean, that's part of my intent with what we're doing is that I want to be at a point where we can just talk. All those gods jovially, Jovially about what we're discussing. You know, like this is, this is, this God and the things that we're reading about, they are absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. They're, they're over the top. They're and clearly dangerous when people interpret them into such a way as that they feel perfectly fine throwing kids on a fucking fire. Right. And you have to be able like I I want to and I'm already I'm already at, but I, I want other people to be at a point where we can look at it and say, That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's that's like what? Sometimes what even it's is funny, that? sometimes it's asinine, and sometimes it's fucking harmful. Right. Right. But when it passes from something that we still um, follow and 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 worship to something that was in our distant past that we can talk about as a mythology. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't hold as much sway as what it does now. Right. And it would be wonderful if we could actually talk about Christianity and Judaism as that as right. something that has passed into mythology. Right. I, I don't have any illusions that that's going to happen in my lifetime, but. I definitely want to contribute to it getting there. Yes. You know? I agree. I agree. So um, this interpretation is controversial, as I said. Sure. With some scholars arguing that the tofets or burial places may have been children's cemeteries as opposed to like actual burial plots for sacrificed children. Sure. They were just, oh, no, this is just this where is we where bury kids. children get buried, yeah. Sure, okay. sure. Rejecting Hellenistic sources as anti-Carthaginian propaganda. Okay. So then we start getting political. And but it sounds like there's a lot of sort, like even biblical sources that yeah. are saying, no, this stuff was happening. Yeah. Oh, well, so, I mean, according to the Bible, it definitely happened. Yeah, right. right so right. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You you guys are the ones telling me to take this shit for reals. Right, right. Like, it happened. Yep. Others argue that not all burials in the Tophet were sacrifices. Okay. So, but some were. Some were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Tophet and its location later became associated with divine punishment in Jewish eschatology. Okay. And that's where we get, you know, the word the, hell and right. hellfires and all that. Sure. 
Okay. Okay. So that was chapter 30. Right. Okay. Now we're moving on to chapter 31. Like that was all the first chapter we read? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Right? Yeah. Interesting. We spent 20 minutes on that. Well, we had a lot to talk about. I mean, child <laughs> sacrifice is a big topic in right, and of itself. Right. Yeah. So chapter 31 was about the Egyptians are men, not God. Right. You know? Yes. God will give victory, not Egypt. Yeah. That was like, I don't know why we had to point that out, but okay. Right. Exactly. So in this chapter, Isaiah confronted Judah with two sins. First, the sin of trusting in Egypt and their military might, and the sin of not looking to God. Which Judah. was essentially a recap of what we were going over in the yes. last chapter. Yes. Judah felt that they had a reason to trust in chariots because they are numerous mm-hmm. and in horsemen because they are strong. Right. So they were like, um, we're being attacked. We, we have we want- to ask for help yeah. from Egypt and they are strong and they are willing. Why would we not? Dumb, right. dumb. Right. So um, I have a verse here. Verse eight. Then Assyria shall fall by a sword, not of man. We were kind of curious what that was about. Well, I'm assuming that's God. Yeah. Um, but there's more to it. Um, okay. According to some scholars that I got these notes from, yeah. this was fulfilled exactly. The Assyrian army devastated almost the entire land of Judah oh. and camped on the outskirts of Jerusalem, waiting to conquer the nation by defeating the capital city. And 2 Kings chapter 19 describes how God simply sent the angel of the Lord and killed 185,000 Assyrians in one night. Do you remember that? I do all that? remember that, yeah. yeah. That is what this is related to. So a lot of okay. times when we're like, um, did this shit ever happen? We forget that, oh, this shit was actually already talked about in 2 Kings. Right, but this is a lot like, I mean, we're using the Bible to... to, to the bible yeah exactly you know, like i don't know exactly maybe maybe there was something that happened i don't think god killed one hundred eighty-five thousand people no no that's true but like maybe something happened but that's right again we're using the bible to oh no I, and we're I'm not, not using it but yeah I mean, it, that they are using the bible to prove the bible right i'm just i'm i'm trying to remember that this is all in context of itself like right. We're reading stuff that we already read about. This is just basically an alternate perspective. And I keep forgetting that these are all different puzzle pieces. Got it. Got and it. that makes it very confusing for me. Sure. Okay. So that's all I had to say about chapter 31. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So now we're moving on to chapter 32. Unlike the previous chapters, this chapter makes no reference to the overthrow of the Assyrians. All right. Okay. Right. okay. So this is about... The righteous king, the kingdom of righteousness, blessings coming from the king. Yeah, this was a pretty peaceful, good-sounding chapter, wasn't it? Um, Except for some of it, yes. Right. I mean, overall, compared to what we had been reading. Yeah. Um, in the aftermath of Jerusalem's deliverance, a king comes, and they talk about the blessings of the restoration from the king and the blessings of righteousness and integrity from right, the king. Right, right. And then there was a call to prepare for the coming of the spirit. Yeah. And then the last half of that chapter was a warning to the women of Jerusalem. Right. So that's why I was like, hmm. Yeah. Okay. That was not good. That was not good. Yeah. Yeah. This threatening oration that Isaiah made is linked to other oracles of the return from exile. So we will be reading about other um, uh, prophets in the coming chapters. And 
these are all linked to that. So we'll read more about. You mean in the coming books? Yeah, I said chapters and I meant books. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, so we will be reading more about how men like to tell women to shut up. Yeah. So that's very exciting. In the name of God, though. <laughs> Affectionately, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's not me telling you that. I had it's a funny story. I was I was I was watching a short on some social media site somewhere and there was this pastor on there telling how there's only he was talking about how there's only one spot specifically in I think it was Timothy or something like that where they specifically say that women can't be, you know, pastors, preachers, whatever the fuck they are, right? Mhm. And but he's like, but in other places it says that anybody can be that. So it's just he was talking specifically about this one thing, and there was these people that were doing this other thing, and blah blah blah, and like excusing the you know, it all. But I'm like, if you, he's excusing it by taking this one thing and saying that it was about something else, right? Mm-hmm. But he's also forgetting that the entire Bible is filled with all this anti-woman sentiment. Totally agree, but um, there is a question among different Protestant sects as to whether or not women can be in leadership positions. Right. And so I appreciate what he was saying is basically, yes, they can, because when um, the Bible tells women you can't do that, that what he, whatever he was quoting and referring to is the only place and it was directed at those specific yeah. women. No, and, I, and so, I'm all for them having power in those groups. I just, I guess I'm railing against the idea that women, like, I, I struggle with how a woman could read the Bible and be like, I'm okay with any of this. No, totally, totally agree with you. And I see what you're saying where you're like, how nice of you to find like one spot that you can defend of goodness. Like, yay, you're not still on our team, though. Yeah, right. But I just wanted to point out that I do appreciate any time a man in Christianity is actually fighting for the rights of women to hold leadership positions within the Christian faith, because that is rare. It's it's better than the norm. Sure. Or or it's better than the... The other half or whatever the case is. Right. You know, so. Look, I'm not here to defend this guy. I am here, though, to be honest and fair. And in fairness, that guy was actually doing a good thing. No, I I get that. I'm not I'm not saying he's one of the worst ones that I've ever seen. He's or anything still a like Christian. That. <laughs> I'm just saying that I feel like by saying that it was forgetting all this other shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we read about it. We read it about it all through the OT. Right. right. But these are most of the things that we've read are the way men treat women and the way the people treat each other. Um, the thing that he's quoting is specifically God telling women how to behave. Right. And what to do and that they cannot be in leadership. Sure. Because they are doing wrong or whatever. Right. OK. That's the difference. Yeah. Like, yes, by just being in there and not condemning it, that in and of itself is... Um, not approving of it, but promoting that it's okay. Right. By not condemning, you're saying you're accepting it. Sure. But there are there's a difference between accepting it and in this one place completely saying you can't do that. Right. And so I think that's what he was trying to say. Sure. Sure. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, blah 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 blah. So women need to um. Stop being complacent and they need to repent. Yeah. And 
Verse 9 shows that what roused the ire of the prophet was the careless concern, or I'm sorry, the careless unconcern and indifference of the women in face of the reiterated warnings he had uttered. So, right, but the, there's literally places in the Bible that we've already read that say that men are basically women's mm-hmm. gods. Yeah. Like they are to, to do what their man says no matter what. Totally agree with you. Not arguing with you. Right. I feel like you're going back no, to no, the no, previous no. point. I'm, I'm just, it, it, it made me mad at the time. Like it made me mad that he's like. So you, you guys, are going back to the previous point. Go on. I, I'm just saying it made me mad because he was like, you are, the, these women are complacent. And and I'm like, but they were told to be. Right. And, and it just, it makes me mad. That's all. Sure. That's, I, I just, that's all. No, I, I just wanted to say again, makes me mad. I agree with you. And the Bible sucks and yeah. it's sexist and gross. Right. So there you go. Okay. Okay. Um, then the chapter ends with blessings brought by the spirit. The end. Yeah. Yay. Okay. And they weren't very blessy in my opinion. <laughs> so chapter 33. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have come out of that short collection, but we are still in the group of poems on Israel and Judah. Okay. Ju- Judah, Gemini, Christmas. Sorry about that. Okay, so the Lord comes in judgment and graciousness, but he says, woe to plundering Assyria, but, you know, yea for a prayer of God's people and the praise of God's people, and the Lord brings judgment, and then he brings the earth low. Remember, that was the whole back and forth, like, I love you, I'm mad at you, yeah, I love you, I hate you. Psychotic. Die, don't die. Right. Yeah, it was really weird. So then there was the fire of the Lord. Okay, and at some point we talked about Zion is delivered and blessed. Yeah. And that was in verse 20, and it says, Zion, the city of our appointed feasts. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The feasts that they were referring to um, are the three pilgrimage festivals of Passover, the weeks of uh, Pentecost, Shabbat, and Sukkot, which I'm sure I mispronounced that, apologies, um, the tabernacles, tents, or booths. Okay. So, however those are pronounced, those are three Jewish holidays. That's the feast that they were talking about, the appointed feast. Okay. When the ancient Israelites living in the kingdom of Judah would make a pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem. I remember that. That mm-hmm. Yeah. That is still a thing today, actually. Sure. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, so, chapter 34. We're getting to it. We're okay. getting to your birds, okay? Right, yep. So, first of all, we have to talk about the Lord's wrath and the indignation of the Lord against the people. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. The fury and the completeness of the judgment of the Lord. Now, this section gives a horrifying picture of cosmic disaster. Mm-hmm. Remember, stars falling out the sky. Yeah, blotted out. Like, yeah, it was bad. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> okay. That's a Ghostbusters reference yeah, yeah, yeah. for those who right. didn't know. And I was holding on to that one since we first read about it. <laughs> this section. Oh, yeah. I just said that. Blah, blah, blah. Brings to an end not just enemy nations, but also the host of heaven and the skies. Right. So yeah. everything. Everything. Right. In the immediate context, Isaiah continues his prophecy of the coming judgment against the Assyrians. So that's what it meant like on a small scale. Yeah. Okay. But in the larger context... We're supposed to see this passage as an announcement of the judgment to come upon the nations during the time of tribulations. Which is maybe like Revelation's second coming type thing for Christians. Yeah, it's the time, it's like capital T tribulation. Like it, it's 
not an a, right. quote unquote an opinion. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a thing that is supposed to happen after the rapture. I got it. So okay, yes, according to Christians, well, yes, right, yes, right. I'm just saying, like it's an actual like the apocalypse. Like J- Jewish people would be like it's the tribulation. Yeah, and then you know, Christian the, people would be like that's. You know the thing that happens after Revelation. After rap, after the rapture. After the rapture, yeah. Yeah, they don't say the revelation right, is happening. Right, right, they right. say yeah. the rapture, Sorry. and then seven years of tribulation, and then sure, um, the second coming. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah. So that's the way it works. I got it. Okay, and so every time there's like somebody that Democrats and liberals love, they're like, "Oh my God, it's the Antichrist!" Because whenever the Antichrist comes, it's somebody who's supposed to join all the nations and the mark of the beast and. You know, all of that shit. Sure. And that, like, is supposed to be a harbinger of the rapture. Got it. So they're like, oh, my God, that's bad, but still good, though. But bad, but good. But what I'm getting at, the rapture is specifically New Testament, though, right? Am I wrong about that or am I right about that? I think that's in Revelation. Right. So, so that's New Testament. I think so, yeah. question mark. Yeah. That's what I was saying. So, like, Jewish people wouldn't be talking about the rapture, the rapture. or the tribulation. But they would be talking about... Um, the time of Gog and Magog. I thought you just said that this is the tribulation. Oh, they are talking about the tribulation. Right. My bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. I'm okay. sorry. Yes. Right. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I was getting confused here. I get them confused because <laughs> of the Jewish versus Christianity, how they're different religions, but they right. come from the same source. That's, I was trying and... to keep them separate somewhat. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is that and that's that. Sorry. Or, or that's yes. This, you know. Yes, you are correct. Okay. Yes. So... Christianity, rapture. Yes. Judaism. And Christianity. And Christianity, tribulation. Yes. Okay, just making sure. Got it. Yeah. And then after that is the uh, time, the time hereafter or something, the great thereafter. Okay. I, I forget what the Jewish people call it. I Got it. Know. Okay. The world to come. Something else. The world to come. There's 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 more over there. That's what they call it. The okay. world to come. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So then we talk about the great bloodshed of the judgment of the Lord. And that's where it starts getting real nasty. Yeah, where the like, people are stinking because they're dead and all that and kind of And the blood. Shit. And there yeah. was blood and blood and blood. Right. Yeah. So starting at verse 5, the judgment is specifically for Edom, who according to the tradition way back in Genesis chapter 25, mm-hmm. should have been with Israel as brothers. Right. But they end up having a huge bitter hatred with one another. Got it. And they're like, Edom is super happy anytime Judah or Israel gets it. Sure. Okay. They're yeah. like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Edomites were near neighbors to Israel and often bitter rivals. The Edomites rejoiced. Oh, here. See? The same what I said. They rejoiced whenever the people of Judah or Israel were afflicted. So Israel focuses on, I'm sorry, so Isaiah focuses on the judgment that will come against Edom, using them as a single example of the large judgment that will come upon all the nations. Got it. So he's like, you were supposed to be friends with them. Let me tell you what happens to enemies of these guys. This is this is just going to be a taste of what comes in the end. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay. So in associating God's judgment with the bloody image of sacrifice, Isaiah is saying that this is payment for the penalty of sin. Okay. So it was like a huge body sacrifice, like a payment. You Got know it. what I mean? Yeah. Like child sacrifice, only instead it's like the entire fucking village or town or world. Right, right. 
So each sacrificial victim paid the price for the sin of the one bringing the sacrifice. It can be viewed as an imperfect, incomplete payment, but it will be a payment of some kind at least. Okay. the way that's supposed to be looked at. And I'm like, gross. Right. Okay. So wild oxen were mentioned in that. Yeah. Um, Wild oxen is the preferred translation, but the King James Version translates it as unicorns. Really? Yes. What? They were sacrificing unicorns? No. Wild oxen were not used in the sacrifices. Possibly, therefore, Isaiah is using animal metaphors for the important people and leaders of Edom. Okay. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. You get it? That that makes some sense. Yeah. Right? Interesting. That would, I mean, that would actually make a lot more sense as to why they would have used unicorns because mm-hmm. then you, you're like, that doesn't exist. Why would they, it makes you stop and think at least, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, King James Bible kept it in. Everybody else was like, unicorns don't exist. That's right. silly. But again, if you're trying to go for a metaphor, that's mm-hmm. that was actually a, good way a decent to do it. one. Yeah, that was a decent one. Right. Yeah. Um, so moving on into uh, verse eight, we start talking about how the land is made desolate. Yeah. And it's going to be inhabited only by animals of the wilderness. Right. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read two different versions of verse eleven. Okay. There's the one that we read. The desert owl and screech owl will possess it. The gray owl and the raven will nest there. Right. Okay. This is how it reads in other translations. But the pelican and the porcupine shall possess it. What the fuck? Also, the owl and the raven shall dwell in it. Okay. Ours were all owls. Yeah. Okay. The other one is the King James Version and just other normal translate Like, that's not a weird translation. Okay. So it's either all owls or it's a few owls, but also ravens, pelicans, and porcupines. I see. Okay. Okay. But the point, regardless of what animals that we're talking about, is that much of the earth will be so destroyed that in many places, only wild animals able to scavenge Mm -hmm. will be able to live there. Oh, so they were picking scavenger animals. Yes. Essentially. Yes. So that's what that was about. I see. Okay. Now. Moving on to verse 14, and this is where your birds come in, but I'm not quite there yet because that's in 14b, the second part of that verse, okay? Okay. So we're starting with 14a, the first part of verse 14. All right. Desert creatures will meet with hyenas and wild goats will bleat to each other. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay. The King James Version translates wild goat as satyr, which was a mythical demonic creature. Right. So you know what a satyr is, right? Yeah. Like it's we're like thinking half man, half goat. Type Mr. Deal, right? Tumnus from like right. um the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Right. And well I think I commented at the time that the imagery of the goat and the, yes. the area is very devilish, like, you know Yes. Satan like, type scapegoat kind of yeah. 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 Harkening back to that. For sure. The Hebrew word here is Sair, S A I R, which as an adjective means hairy. And that harkens back to Genesis chapter 27. And as a noun refers to a male goat, as referred to in Genesis chapter 37 and Leviticus chapter 4. It is possible that Isaiah meant that wild goats would inhabit the desolate regions of Edom. Or he may have meant that it will be the haunt of demonic spirits. Okay. I mean, 
that with the unicorns and also with the Lilith reference, yeah. let us not forget. Right. Kind of makes me think he, I think he was maybe was talking about demons. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's how I kind of took it. So. Mm-hmm. so, okay. Verse 14b. And also the, oh, okay. Sorry. We're not quite at your birds yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into Lilith. Okay. Also, the night creature shall rest there and find for herself a place of rest. Herself. Herself. Yes. Okay. Night creature, also screech owl, translated from Hebrew as Lilith, the feminine word form of the word night, on the basis of an apparent Akkadian cognate, which used the term as the name of a demon. Okay. Later Jewish legends also identified Lilith as a demon. Right. Old Jewish superstitions make Lilith a person who was a beautiful demon of the night and who seduced men and killed children. It is possible that Isaiah used the term to describe the demonic habitation of Edom after God's judgment. And that's what I tend to think he was going for. Otherwise, he's used three different terms that at least have that double meaning. He's trying to paint that image, if not say specifically, they're going to be demons. Right, right. He wants you to understand it's going to be hell on earth. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Um, Just to reiterate, if we have anybody new that hopped on today, today's your very first episode ever. um, We did cover Lilith in one of our earlier episodes. So um, highly recommend that you go give that a listen. If you're interested in that topic, it was pretty good one. Yeah. Okay. So now we get into your birds. Okay. I'm going to read two different versions of the verse again. Okay. Okay. Um, the one that we read said, the owl will nest there and lay eggs. She will hatch them and care for her young under the shadow of her wings. There also the falcons will gather each with its mate. Right. Okay. Yep. Now here is the other very common translation. There the arrow snake shall make her nest and lay eggs and hatch and gather them under her shadow. There also shall the hawks be gathered, everyone with her mate. Hmm. So it was less about like birds, like having nests and mating and, and right. hatching eggs. And I I kind of like the, the version that we didn't read. Yeah. Because we've got the snake and the hawk. Right. Again, scavengery desert creatures. Sure. Right. Less... I'm less about the owl, unless you're specifically trying to say, Screech Owl, Lilith, Demon, Seductress, Vampire. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So uh, it was less about the birds and more about just scavengery animals will be the only thing that can live here. And when they hatch their eggs, they will hold them close because... Because other things are scavenging too. Yes. Right. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. So that was our Q&A for... Um, Isaiah chapters 30 through 34. Yep. All right. So uh, that means that we will be back tomorrow with... Sacrilegious Book Club. And then I will get our weekly wrap out, re- wrap up out. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then uh, we will be back on Monday with... Isaiah chapter 35. All right. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh, my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. 
There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye.